Hello and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. My name is Amber. I'm a Reiki master and teacher and shamanic practitioner. I've been running my own healing practice since 2008, and these podcasts have been running since 2013. Um, The areas that I work in are call wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work, and transformational calls and readings. And these podcasts are a way to share learnings and teachings and inspirations along the way. The the website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. So first of all, before we go into the main body of the podcast, just to say thank you to all of you who listen to these podcasts, um, who support the work and who send me such lovely messages. Some of you have asked how you can further support the work, which is always gratefully received. If you go to the website, sacredspacehealing.org, if you click on the home button, there's a drop down menu. And if you click on the donations button, you can donate as little or as much as you feel called to. Um, All of the money that you donate goes straight back into creating more content, more podcasts, more YouTube clips and so on, Um, all of which is provided for free. But it's always lovely to receive that exchange because it helps um, when you're providing a service like this. So thank you very much for your offers of assistance and thank you very much for your uh, messages of support. Today's podcast is looking at Christmas um, Christmas and New Year, but you know, this time of year really that, you know, I'm recording this December, 2018. I don't know when you're going to be listening to it, but it's, um, it's to shine a light on what Christmas means to us. So I was walking through town today, um, running some errands and I popped into the post office first. And of course there was a long queue dealt with beautifully by the staff there who were obviously, you know, really up against it. But, um, a, a woman, uh, pushed into queue and then asked for her, her place to be saved and, and went off to wrap some stuff and was quite intrigued by what she was wrapping and and the kind of motivation be, behind uh, her energy really and it made me think about how this time of year so many of us can get caught up in this kind of programming where we are buying gifts for well it falls into many categories we buy mediocre gifts for people that we don't really know so we can say, I bought them a present, and we we give it with no sense of what it truly means to give something that means anything. We look for the cheapest, we look for um, something that's fun, we look for um, something that uh, we can just tick off on our list and say, well, I got them a present, I got them a card. Um, others of us really invest in those that we give gifts to and think very deeply um, about what we're going to give and who we're going to give these gifts to. Um, but for many people, it's it's a sense of duty. You know, many people will have this long Christmas card list and this long kind of Christmas present list. And that's it's it's that energy that I want to look at rather than the other energy, which is I'm giving something really meaningful to someone who means a lot to me. Because I think we've kind of got that one sewn up. It's the other energy that we can fall into because we're indoctrinated this time of year that we must buy, 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 buy. So... I remember doing this years and years ago. I remember having a very long Christmas card list and a Christmas present list and, and, you know, and finding the stress of that, you know, writing all my cards out and wrapping all my presents. And then I started noticing something. I started noticing that I was putting a lot of care and attention into the presents that I was giving to people, but there was a little bit of recycling going on. I think one year someone gave me back a present that I'd given them the year previously. And I suddenly realized that, for a lot of people, it is just about ticking that list and saying, oh, well, I got so-and-so a present to tick. As I've 
uh, realigned my life and moved deeper into the healing work. I'm more obviously I'm more sensitive to energies now. So when I get that gift or that present now, most of the time I I can sense the energy with which it's being delivered. You know, sometimes you get that Christmas card and it, it, you know you open it and you you kind of the the sense of the way it was written or the the message or the type of card that it is all says this is just someone that ticks me off their list and and i guess how do i know that i know that because often the card or the present is not really geared towards me it's just geared to an offloading um i remember getting a christmas present uh recently in the last couple of years from someone that i i knew fairly well but we were in a a phase of our friendship where things just weren't going very well I think we were just going in different directions and it was sad but it was happening and although I think we both tried to make our friendship get back on track it just wasn't getting back on track she was going in one direction and I was going in another and um and and the two just we couldn't seem to find a middle ground so it was um it was Christmas and we met up just before Christmas and I didn't get her present that year it was the first time I hadn't gotten her her present for a while and it wasn't I wasn't being mean. I wasn't trying to prove a point. I'd, um, <clears throat> I just had a very busy year and I was very exhausted. And I actually just said to myself, I'm going to take my foot off the accelerator and not go rushing around getting presents for people. I'll just do the ones that I sort of need to do. Um, the, and, and, and then I'll, I'll just say to the people that are close to me, I'm really sorry. I couldn't get you a present this year. I'm just shattered, but you have my love and you have my, my company. So we met up for a tea and um, that's what I said. I said, I'm really sorry, I haven't got a present for you. I just haven't been able to get around to it. And rather than rush into the nearest shop and just get you something for the sake of it, I haven't done it. And that was my main thinking behind it. I didn't want to just go, oh no, I haven't got you a present. Right, let me just pop into the nearest shop and pick something up. You know, I'll get you, I'll get you a candle from this shop or I'll get you something from that without putting any thought into it. Because I just think there's no point. It's an empty gesture. So... um so I was really honest about that. But she, on the other hand, was still in that kind of programming that, well, I'm seeing Amber and I have to get her a present because it's Christmas and I have to get certain people presents. So she um, she delivered her present to me, which it was kind of a really massive indicator of how far off track we were in terms of our friendship. She'd got me basically stuff that, well, she basically got me uh, flowers that they were lovely, but it was obvious that they were not fresh so I think she'd just probably grab them off her kitchen table because they were nearing the end of their life rather than the beginning of their life. And they weren't wrapped the way they would be if you'd got them from a shop or from a florist. They, it was like they'd been taken out of a vase. So it was obvious that that, that wasn't a present that much thought had been put into, as lovely as they were. And then she got me a candle. And it was a sweet candle, but it was probably one of those candles that you get from a pound shop. Now, it's not about the money. But if you know me, as she did, and as most of you probably have a sense of me, I'm not going to have something in my home that's going to give off toxic fumes or not be organic or, um, you know, good for the planet in some way. So it it wasn't really in resonance with me. I'm never going to buy something that's, um, that, that doesn't have the, the finest quality around it and the finest resonance around it. Um, not because I'm being a snob, but because I choose to surround myself with quality rather than quantity. Um, I work on that because often it's tempting for to kind of buy cheap and have quantity, but actually it's quality that's the most important thing. So the, together the gifts just said to me that the no thought whatsoever had gone into these presents for me. And I'd been noticing this trend with her, that it was more about just ticking a box and saying, well, I've got Amber a present rather than any care or attention going into it. And that felt really 
horrible to receive, like to be on the receiving end of that did not feel good. That felt like, oh, there's just no, there's no connection in our relationship. Because if you look at it, you know, I've, I've not got you anything, but I've been honest about why, you know, I've not got you anything because I didn't want to get you something shit that I just picked up from a shop. You have got me something, but you've got me something that you've probably picked up from your kitchen table and then found in the nearest pound shop. And I'd rather you didn't, I'd rather have not got any present. I'd rather have got a hug and a cup of tea. So I noticed some of that energy today moving around town, this kind of people wandering around with lots of bags of shopping and this desperation at the post office to get all these presents sent off because now they're sent off. And I wondered how much care and attention has gone into these presents? How much thought has gone into these presents? And actually, why are we even giving these presents in the first place? And I continued to allow that sort of thinking to percolate through me as I continued to walk through town. And I thought, as I walked past a greengrocer's and they had a load of pine trees that they were Christmas trees that they were selling and I hoped that they were artificial but they were real so I could see that they'd been hacked down and I thought about that and then I thought about the animals that are going to be slaughtered this time of year and I thought god isn't this incredible um and that's kind of a prayer in itself you know god isn't this incredible that at this time of year we spend on that which we'd rather not spend on we give to those who we really would rather not give to we overconsume. we get ourselves into debt, we drink too much, we eat too much, we chop down trees and then drag them into our homes and keep them in environments where they're only going to slowly die in front of us for a, a period of a week to a month. Uh, we massacre animals, pigs, turkeys, chicken, uh, cows, lambs, so we can feast on their, on their bodies. And we say that we're doing all of this to celebrate the birth of one of the most inspiring men in our history. One of the most compassionate, loving, gentle, humble, powerful, authentic, truthful men in our history. Jesus who, according to Christian tradition, died for our sins. Jesus, who sacrificed his life, according to tradition, so others may live. Uh, the child who was born in a stable, who came from poverty, who worked a simple life as a carpenter, who cared about his mother and kept close to her side, who sat with the homeless and the prostitutes and the lepers and the down and outs and inverted commas of society who shared openly with his disciples, who, who shared his bread, his wine, his food, his table, his life, who shared openly his teachings with those around him, who wasn't afraid to, to stick his head up and uh, above the parapet and speak his truth, even though he knew that it would threaten his life, who spoke up for the voiceless, who defended the defenseless, who was willing to sacrifice his life for what he believed in. This is the man that we commemorate when we chop down trees, when we kill animals, when we buy stuff that was probably made in a sweatshop, when we overindulge, get drunk, do drugs, pass out, eat too much, when we get consumed by a mind programming that takes us as far away 
from the spirit of Jesus and his life as you could possibly go. Our churches and our spiritual centres lie empty. But our shopping centres and our uh, online websites are chock full. Our pubs and our clubs are heaving. We consume and overbuy. We stock up for food as if there's going to be an Armageddon and there won't be any food after Christmas Day. We go shopping on Boxing Day and buy things that did we even really want. We consume and buy, consume and buy. And come New Year's Day, come the next year, there we are in our new clothes and our new shoes and our new everything, making our resolutions with absolutely no thought, no actual thought for those that have nothing. In another podcast about free healing, I shared um, a story about uh, how I put a post up on social media offering free healing um, just cause, because that's something that I do sometimes. And as an experiment, really, just to kind of see where we are in terms of our consciousness, I said, you know, to acknowledge this healing, because healing needs an exchange to be valued and in order for it to work in our lives. Uh, please share this message far and wide so we can spread the love. Please tag a friend or please donate via the website. All the money that is raised will go directly to a women's charity that I'm raising money for at the moment. And I and I shared in this podcast that I recorded that two people made a donation out of over 100 people that connected with the message and over 400 people that viewed the message. Um, two people made a donation and about a handful of people actually shared the message. But over nearly close to 100 people actually engaged with the post. And over 400 people actually viewed the post, even though they didn't actively click on a button or write something to engage in it. Two people out of 100 made a donation to those who were less fortunate than themselves. Five people out of you know 100 actually shared that message to assist those who might be less fortunate than themselves. Um, as I've often said, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're on social media, if you've found my website, you're probably much, much luckier than a vast proportion of the world out there. You have access to electricity, you have eyesight, you have hearing, you have the ability to use your limbs, you hopefully probably have some kind of income or you wouldn't be able to get on the internet, you wouldn't be using your phone or your your computer, uh, you probably have a, a roof over your head of some kind. I very much doubt if someone is sleeping on the streets that they're going to be Googling you know, podcasts to listen to. That's the last of their concerns. So that is how lucky we are. And in my 21 days to a daily practice, I talk about a practice that we can put in place where we, from the moment we wake up, acknowledge how lucky we are, that we've woken up today and we have a roof over our heads, that there's food in the fridge, that there's hot running water, that there is a, a warm bed that we just awoke from, that we're able to see, that we can move, that we can hear. Um, and yes, we, we all carry our burdens and there are things that weigh us down. But when we have those essentials in life, we are so much luckier than those that do not have this. And I think our, our inability at times to appreciate this um, means that we just fall into, into mind programming. We fall into a kind of void, a matrix. Um, and then we start to aggrandize our problems uh, without really having a sense of compassion, without really 
thinking about how much worse it could be. And I think it's the it is the thinking of how much worse it can be that keeps us compassionate, that keeps us in our heart, that keeps us in the true spirit of Christmas. Once a year, people, there's this influx. I mean, homeless charities talk about this. There's this influx of people who want to donate their time. Once a year, they want to be in a soup kitchen. They want to do something because it's Christmas. And we get all this advertising that says it's Christmas. No one should be on the streets on Christmas. But no one should be on the streets ever. You know, if we're going to donate our time, why are we only doing it at Christmas? Why do we suddenly only feel compassion in our hearts one day of the year? Why do we not feel it 365 days of the year? Why are we not donating our time all of that time? Why are we just donating and and raising money for charity at this time of year? What is it about this time of year that makes us feel that that we can overconsume Uh, and it's all right, it's allowed, that we can behave badly, and it's allowed, but then we can assuage our guilt by giving some money to charity or working in a soup kitchen. What is it about this time of year that makes us behave in this way that just seems so out of alignment? And I think it's because we have been programmed to believe that this time of year, Christmas, is about Santa Claus and reindeer and and Christmas trees um, and eggnog and turkey um, and presents um, and all the things that it's got absolutely nothing to do with the actual story of the birth of Christ. Jesus was born in the Middle East. It wasn't snowing. He, it, it, it wasn't snowing. He wasn't in Lapland. He didn't have reindeer around him. He was born in the Middle East. So that's, I mean, how does that make any sense in terms of, you know, the stuff that we surround ourselves with I mean, the the idea of Christmas being about snow and Lapland uh, and Santa Claus, all of this, these are all constructs. These are all mythologies. They're all stories that have been fed to us and fed to us and fed to us. From, the, from a very young age, they've been fed to us. And so we grow up believing that this is what Christmas is all about. When I was about five years old or six years old, um, and I was at school, uh, uh, everyone was talking about Santa Claus and what you were going to get for Christmas. And um, I don't know if they still do it, but, you know, there were big department stores in, in London where you could go and visit Santa's Grotto. And you'd basically queue up for hours and then you'd get to sit on Santa's lap and say, this is what I want for Christmas. So, you know, my parents used to take me along to stuff like this because they didn't see any harm in it. But then one year I came home and, um, I, you know, I think I wrote a letter to Santa or something. And I had this request. I said, you know, I, I, this is what I want from Father Christmas. And my parents, rightly or wrongly, turned around to me and said, Father Christmas doesn't exist. Now, I did feel as slightly as if I'd been stabbed in the heart. I mean, I did feel slightly devastated because everything that I was being fed at school from my teachers, from, you know, the kids that I was at school with, from media, from television, from films, everything around me was a lie. Is what I was told in that one statement. Everything around you is a lie. Um, you know, my parents said it to me because I I was brought up in a Muslim family and, uh, I wasn't brought up strictly, but it, it was, it wasn't part of our belief system in Santa Claus and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't follow religion now, you know, I have a spiritual path, but I don't have a religious path. So, um, I was very young when I was told that this stuff just didn't exist. And it, it did feel like a, like I say, a stab in the heart, but it woke me up. It woke me up from a very young age. You know, the the truth of the story of the birth of Christ is not that it, that it was snowing and that people were singing carols and that there was a reindeer and a man in a big red suit with a beard um, and that we, 
exchanged, you know, lots of presents that we couldn't afford or didn't want with people that we don't particularly like. That wasn't the story of the birth of this leader of men. Uh, we have got these traditions from various uh, mythologies that have been filtered down to us. What's a turkey got to do with being born in the Middle East? That comes from Thanksgiving, really. You know, what's a pine tree got to do with being born in the Middle East? What, what, do we actually think in any way, shape or form that Christ would say, um, I want every person here to celebrate my life by chopping down a living thing, taking it out of its environment and bringing it into your home so you can watch it slowly die over the course of a number of days and weeks. That's how I want you to celebrate my, my existence. Do we think that Yeshua would say, in order to celebrate my life, I want you to massacre millions of turkeys, sentient beings, intelligent sentient beings. I want all of you to needlessly buy into the massacring of sentient beings like turkeys, pigs and lambs um, and others so you can feast on their meat, on their carcasses, on their flesh to celebrate my life. Do we think that Yeshua would say, to celebrate my life, I want you to all spend as much as you possibly can spend to get yourself slightly into debt, to buy things made probably in quite dodgy ways, to give to people that you don't really like so you can say that you gave and you experienced the spirit of Christmas. The gifts that the three wise men brought, if we want to buy into this mythology, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Beautiful precious, sacred, meaningful gifts were brought to celebrate the birth of Christ. Not a t-shirt that we found in the local pound shop or something that we, we got in the sale because we didn't put much thought into it. Meaningful gifts, sacred gifts, precious gifts were given to celebrate the birth of this this great leader. The spirit of Christmas is about looking at the life of this great leader and asking ourselves, how can we emulate that life? How can we incorporate, merge with the spirit of Yeshua? How can we bring some of that Christ consciousness into our lives, into our relationships, into our conversations, into our thinking, into our ways of being? Now that might mean that it's about stillness, contemplation, meditation, fasting, a spiritual practice. It could be about assisting others and being with those that are less fortunate than ourselves. It could be about holding our family close to us. It's about whatever feels authentic and true to us and whatever feels as if that takes us closer to the Christ consciousness. For one second, for one minute, I do not believe that standing in shops, buying things under harsh lighting, listening to Christmas carols with a half-dry mouth, heart racing as we try and fulfill our shopping list, takes us anywhere closer to the Christ consciousness whatsoever. It takes us as far away as possible from the Christ consciousness. I don't believe at Christmas that we have to also crucify ourselves and give in such a way that we are left empty. We, our obligation is to ensure that we are so full that when we give, we're giving because we're the channel, because that energy is flowing through us so we don't lose anything by giving. 
Therefore, we give in alignment with our God selves, with our higher selves, with our true selves. We give in alignment with love and the Christ consciousness, which means we give as much as we feel able to give. So, you know, in the example that I use from my personal life, we give a hug where that's all we can manage. Or we give something deeper when we can manage more. There is a pressure to be seen to do the right thing, to be seen to give things, to uh, to ask for things which are expensive or flash in some way, to sit there with our wrapping paper and all our goods around us and feel what? Feel what for one day? Do we feel more love? And what do we actually give to the world by feeling that love? Do we raise the vibration of this planet? Do we make things better? How can we possibly say that we are closer to the Christ consciousness as we chomp down on an animal whose life we took so we could celebrate Christmas? All of these things are at complete odds with the spirit of Christmas. All of these things are at complete odds with living a truly authentic, spirit-based, higher self-based, evolved, awake life. We're buying into moments of spirituality. We get our incense sticks and our sage and our mala beads and we go to the odd workshop and we do a bit of yoga and we talk about speaking our truth and we say, I'm a spiritual person. But we are not living the truth of what it means to be in Christ consciousness, the truth of what it means to bring heaven on earth. Do we actually think that heaven on earth is is sweatshops, is people sleeping on streets? Do we actually think that heaven on earth is the farming industry and the abattoirs and the death and destruction and pain and fear and suffering that goes on in those places? Do we actually think that heaven on earth is allowing certain races to be obliterated from this planet as long as our own is okay? Because it's not. Because we're not creating heaven on earth. We're creating hell on earth and we're calling it something else. Whatever the spirit of Christmas means to you, find my suggestion, my guidance would be to find the truth of it. To find something that is still and doesn't make a lot of noise and doesn't ask for much and makes you feel truly filled, full filled. Filled full of the spirit of God, of the spirit of spirit, of the spirit of your higher self filled with love and compassion and knowledge and knowing not empty most people spend Christmas with people they don't want to be around family that they don't get on with that they don't respect go to parties they don't want to go to eat food that they say they don't really like make a lot of waste a lot of food is thrown away a lot of gifts are thrown away This is not in alignment with the spirit of Christmas. I think we need to unplug from the matrix and we need to unplug from what we've been fed. We've been fed an idea of what Christmas is because we see it on our TV screens and in cinema screens, but that is a construct that keeps us small. It keeps us from ever creating heaven on earth. It keeps us from ever breaking free from that glass ceiling. And if we're ever to truly evolve, we need to smash through that glass ceiling. We need to be as Christ was and speak up against the injustices and say, this is wrong. 
And I am here to tell you this is wrong. And it may come at a price. It may mean sacrifice. And if anything, the story of Christ tells us that when we believe so passionately in love and in spirit and in the right thing, that we will sacrifice whatever it takes to elevate the consciousness. To show, to, to, show to, to place a mirror up and show an injustice. Because actually, if we look at that, if you believe in the, in, the, in the story of Christ and you believe in the crucifixion, it was only through doing something so heinous that people were able to recognize how far away from God they had gone. But it didn't last for long because history has shown that man continues to do the same thing because man continues to refuse to wake up and continues to buy into the illusions of money and success and maya. We allow our greed and our selfishness to overtake us. And as I said in this podcast on the free healing, those that did not want to share the message, that couldn't find it in their hearts to tag someone or to donate donate something to charity were putting their needs above others. But being an awakened being on this planet means that our needs are important, but they're not more important than someone else's. That we receive and we feel full and then we give thanks. The reason we don't feel full is because we're never really receiving in the right way. We're never really receiving the nectar of life. And the nectar of life comes through reaching out to those that have less than us and assisting them. Not to destroy ourselves, but because that's why we're here. We're here to take care of the planet, trees and animals and the vulnerable. Those that stick a Christmas tree in their home, overconsume on animal products, buy things without knowing where they're sourced from, are as far away from the spirit of Christmas as you can possibly be. Which are you and which do you choose to be? The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. May you find the true meaning of, of Christmas, the true meaning of compassion and the true meaning of the Christ consciousness in your lives. And so allow yourself to elevate and to elevate others. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.